Welcome to Sex Spoken Here with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. I am a sex coach and relationship psychologist and created this show to help you solve any sexual problems, learn about all things sexy, sensual, and intimate, and create your ideal lasting relationship. In my virtual therapy room, I answer questions, interview experts, and provide tips that you can use straight away. Listen in weekly as I share key strategies to help you create a problem-free, exciting sex life. Make sure you join us to be up to date on all events and to easily access coaching at www.the-intimacy-coach.com. Welcome to my virtual therapy room. I am Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee, and this is Sex Spoken Here. Remember that this podcast deals with adult themes, so if you don't have privacy, you might wish to put on your headphones. This week, I'm talking about choosing the right sex toy. Joining me today is Katie, who is the Public Relations Director and Resident Sexologist at Adam and Eve. For those of you who don't know, Adam and Eve is probably one of the best known and the go-to place to get um, adult toys in the United States. It's been around the longest as well. Katie is a native of Tennessee, and she says go Vols to that, and a graduate of the University of Tennessee, Knoxville, with a BS in journalism and public relations. After working for Maytag and in publishing in New York, she started working at Adam and Eve in November of 1993 as a catalog copywriter. And I hope some of you are old enough to remember catalogs. In 1997, Katie was promoted to Adam and Eve Director of Public Relations. She received her certification in clinical sexology in 2017 and holds an associate in sex education from the Institute for Advanced Study of Human Sexuality. She is currently working towards her ASEC certification as a sex educator. She gave us some personal information. She says she's the divorced mother of two teen girls, lives a block from her ex, and they still have weekly family dinners and even vacation together. And she is a pescatarian. Pescatarians are mostly vegetarian, but they occasionally eat fish. Um, she loves dogs, monkeys, travels, and red wine. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. So um, let's start out with talking a little bit about categories of sex toys for people who, um, who haven't been paying attention on this podcast. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, there are a number of sex toys available. When I first started, there was, you know, the white plastic, um, oh, creepy please. looking. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty much all there was. And, so I'm, I'm, 50, I'm 55. And so that is what I remember from being a teenager and looking in a, in a sex shop. And that was the first thing I saw. And it was the only thing. And I remember getting one, bringing it home and finding it so um, awful <laughs> that I actually didn't pick up a sex toy again until 1998. Wow. Yeah, so I, I mean, so I went from like the 70s to yeah. 98 without picking up a sex toy because of that plastic, horrible thing. Yeah, they've come a long way. And, you know, the plastic thing sold like hotcakes because I guess that was all the, you know, the choice that you had. Um, but now there are so many things for everybody in every walk of life. It's, it's and technology is improving all the time. It's amazing. I, I mean, I, I went 
personally, I found sex toys a little bit difficult to kind of engage with initially. And then, um, so there are vibrators and there are really cool vibrators. Like there's like the, um, um, well, one of the most popular ones now is the womanizer or the satisfier. Okay, so that's not a vibrator. I was about to mention that. <laughs> so there are clitoral stimulators that are outrageous. That, right. So that's, those, are, those are some of the most popular. The womanizer, yeah. the, the um, satisfier. Um, and is there another one that is similar? There's another company and I can't well, think Lilo of it. Lilo has a number of, you know, USB yeah, chargers. Lilo's, uh -huh. Lilo's Soma, they, which is different what's interesting about those to me is that you would think that they were all doing the same thing like so for women who haven't experienced this or for men who don't know clitoral stimulators are different from clitoral vibrators um clitoral vibrators like the bullet um and then there's a there's a number of others now they have ones that are shaped so that they actually sit um in the vulva right over the clitoris but it's still just a vibrator but the things that katie just mentioned are actually using different technology. So we've got suction and we've got um, sonic vibration. Yeah, women are going crazy over these. Um, at the trade show I was just at in January, we could not keep those in stock. I'm not surprised. Raises the bar, definitely. Yeah, no, I mean, I personally, I think they're amazing. Um, and I've now, I think, I, I think it's fair to say I've tried all of them. <laughs> And they're, they're, they're complete game changer. Now for women, particularly for women who are not particularly interested in penetration, mm -hmm. because there's no penetration involved. Right. Or for women who have difficulty with penetration. Or I'm women who just prefer clitoral orgasm. I mean, just, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's a preference. Definitely. I mean, I think for me, I, you know, I like penetration, but I prefer penetration from a partner. Mm -hmm. I never, I, even with the new vibrators with the really nice, um, lovely silicon vibrators, you know, they're, they're soft, they're smooth. A lot of them, I, I still don't find terribly wonderful. I mean, they're, they're cool, they're interesting, but they're not amazing. Right. But clitoral stimulators are incredible. Well, it's interesting. Some people have a different reaction. Some people are like, it just doesn't work for me. It doesn't, you know, and I've given them to my friends saying, oh, this is a game changer. This is, and they're like, eh, eh. So, you know, it's, it's just like everything else. What works for some people doesn't work for others. What else do you think is cutting edge? Um, I think the Bluetooth toys where you can, you know, have sex over your computer or over your phone with um, your lever far away. I think those are, are pretty amazing. Um, I also think the virtual reality um, stuff that's coming down the pipeline is really interesting. Every year, I think it gets better and better, and we're almost there. Well, that's interesting. I mean, so far, I haven't had experience of the virtual reality stuff. I am now married to someone that I was in a long-distance relationship with and then post-marriage until he could emigrate. So we were long-distance for six years. Um, and, um, the Bluetooth toys still weren't terribly up to scratch. You know, it's only the last couple of years that they've really become amazing, but the, I can imagine those are fantastic if you're dealing with being at a, at a distance from your lover. Definitely. And you know, the rabbit is still really yeah. cool for us and it's, it's come a long way from the, you know, sex in the city, um, rabbit 
how many years ago? 20 years ago, almost. Oh my God, yes. Yeah. So for people who don't know what a rabbit is, the rabbit's a vibrator. So there's the part that penetrates, but it's got, it's called a rabbit because it has a rabbit because of the, the ears that actually works on the clitoris so that you get penetration and clitoral stimulation at the same time. And there's, there's, they now have thrusting things. Have you seen the ones that, um, that are not the rabbits, but the, the, um, although I think there is one that's rabbit like that thrust and heat up. We have one of those. Adam and Eve has our own. Um, yes, we have one that talk heats up and one that's that thrust. I tell us, tell, tell us about, <laughs> they may not, yeah. Tell us about the heating up business. I mean, what? It, it feels very flesh-like. It feels, you know, if you've ever played with a toy, pulling it out of your drawer and it's, you know, pretty chilly, it's, oh. it, it's kind of a mood killer. Yeah. And um, I think these heat up to 100 degrees, 90 something degrees, and it, it's very warm and fleshy. Wow. That sounds really cool. Yeah. And then the thrusting ones fascinated me because I thought that would be really interesting. The technology involved in that must be really interesting. I know. I want to, I want to do a podcast or a show where we tear things apart and see what makes it work or what, what it looks like inside. Oh, that would be fun. I'd like to know what, what makes it have that action. It's, it's really incredible to see. What do you think of the, there's more, I see more toys for men, um, which weren't just popular uh, for the longest time. Um, I, and I see those in two different categories. One is kind of m more masturbatory toys, although some of them you can also use with a partner. Mm -hmm. So um, we had the Tenga was the kind of most common one. So um, these are um, simulated vaginas, right? basically. Um, but then there are the ones now that uh, um, squeeze and vibrate. Right. Um, and that also that you can put in between you and your partner um, so that the guy can put it on mm -hmm. and have sex with the woman. Yeah. And there are a number of different variations in that type of thing for oral and, um, you know, it's just added stimulation. Um, yeah. So those are very popular. The other thing is more prostate toys for men. I think yeah. heterosexual men are getting very interested in prostate stimulation. Yeah, I was I was um, um, impressed to see that uh, Lalo's just come out with Loki. <laughs> I found the name amusing for a variety of reasons, um, and um, if you know the mythology, there's you know the whole idea that it's a trick. He's a trickster, and 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 in quotes, a mischief maker. So the idea that that a prostate toy would be making mischief, I thought was really amusing. But it, it is a prostate vibrator. And it is specifically designed for men, and it is specifically marketed at heterosexual men. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've seen numbers of, of toys, um, prostate toys for heterosexual men, really um, increase the past year or two. That's fascinating. What do you think that is, is facilitating that shift? Because for the longest time, that was very much, we're not going to talk about this. I mean, I did a, I did one on a, a show on pegging at one point, and um, again, for those of you who don't know, pegging is when a woman puts on a strap on. So, um, with a dildo or a, or, or a vibrator, um, and uses that to fuck her partner in the ass, her male partner in the ass specifically pegging is specifically about women to men. 
Um, and so, you know, when I did that show, somebody was saying, oh, well, you're, you know, you're, you guys are being very brave talking about this. Not many heterosexual men are into this. But I've noticed a real shift. Definitely. Definitely. We've seen it, too. And I think part of it is, you know, culturally, we're becoming more open talking about sex and, you know, what we want, what we need. Um, I think also, you know, straight men are, are hearing and seeing their gay friends, the gay guys talk about all this incredible um, sex that they're having. And I think they started to feel a little bit left out. So they wanted to see what all the fuss was about. And it's, yeah, it's opened a lot of doors. So does, does that also include an increase in butt plugs and things like that? Um, well, those are, you know, we've carried those and we've, we've sold a lot of those for a long time, but you don't really know if those are for men or women. Right. Right. But prostate stimulators are quite obviously for men. So prostate vibrators is the new, the new field. So you think virtual reality is the up and coming? Um, I think, I think it's, I don't know how long, but I think it is going to be um, a big thing. I think every year, you know, at the trade shows, you see how, how much further they come along with it. And it's pretty amazing. We have joked, though, that, you know, with all the accoutrements you need for it, it's, it's, you'd really have to plan a date night for yourself with it. It's, a lot goes into it. Really? Yeah, That's yeah, with the headsets, and then you need the, you know, the masturbators that go along with it, or the, yeah. So is virtual reality will be um, you by yourself, or um, is That's there... What that's how I've seen it. That's how I've seen it presented where you're by yourself, you have a screen or you have the, you know, the goggles um, and you're seeing action taking place and you can masturbate right along to it. You know, every stroke is in sync and I guess different scenarios, different partners. Um, but not real partners, only virtual ones. That's what I've seen. I don't know. Maybe you're onto something. Maybe well, now, <laughs> so in science fiction and fantasy for um, I mean erotic science fiction and fantasy for a million years. Um, and if if you're not familiar with Circlet Press, I highly recommend them. They are some. They publish some of the best erotic fiction out there, and they do publish quite a lot of um, fantasy and sci-fi erotic fiction, which is really cool. And so there's always, there's often been the concept of um, meeting in virtual space for sex, where you've got one person with their virtual reality gear on one end and one person with the virtual reality gear on the other end, and, and they can meet online. Interesting. And have a virtual encounter. Okay. Well, maybe that's the next step. Maybe. So clear, I mean, I mean, I would love to, to me, that sounds really exciting. The idea that you're not, you're not because, because it's about engaging with the character, right? So the, so it's cool from the, for a masturbatory point of view, it's kind of a step past pornography. So, cause you're like entering the movie, right? If you're on your own and you can see characters in the virtual world, even if they're not re they're not real, but it's like entering the movie. But the idea of actually being able to sculpt the scene with someone else, even though that, you're that opens up some some strange ethical questions though, right? I mean cheating and I mean what what does that mean? Well, I mean I think that if you are monogamous, that um, entering into any kind of sexual arrangement with anyone 
be it virtual or um, in real life is probably considered cheating. But then again, you know, it depends on the person. Right. Um, right. So, I mean, one of the things I like about things that make those sort of ethical challenges is that we can then say to people, have a look at your relationship and your rules and your reasons and, and the whys and wherefores about how you feel rather than just sort of um, going with what would be a standard ethical pattern. Because people who enter into um, monogamous relationships don't actually think about their ethics and what monogamy looks like for them and, and um, why they're choosing monogamy. They don't think it through because it's the kind of cookie cutter thing that we do. Right. Right. Whereas people who decide to have a different relationship pattern actually have to think through these issues. So I'm in a polyamorous relationship and I'm married. And we're, we are a polyamorous married couple. And so we actually had to construct our relationship. We had to think about what does this mean to us? What are our rules going to be? Um, cheating tends in, in, in the polyamorous world, cheating is if you break any of the, the rules and the contracts that you have. And usually it, it's about doing stuff behind your partner's back, which is what it is in a monogamous relationship, right? If you're lying, if you're lying about something to your partner, you're cheating. Even if it, you know, even if it might not by definition, even if your partner might not call it cheating, if you feel you need to lie to your partner, you need to check what you're doing because that's, you're probably cheating because you feel there's a reason to keep this away from your partner, which means that you're fracturing that bond. Right. So yeah, it would bring up some really interesting ethical questions, but I, I kind of like that. I like people to have to actually become conscious about the choices that they make. And I imagine, you know, that's something that you guys think about too, you know, is, is, is what people decide to do and what consent looks like and, you know, where the boundaries are. And legalities. I mean, Mm -hmm. we have to make sure, um, you know, our, our customers are 18 and over and everything that we sell represents a healthy image of sexuality and, this kind of wild west thing raises a lot of questions. Really? I mean, what does a healthy image of sexuality look like then? (laughs) Well, we work with a number of therapists. Um, We um, don't sell anything where um, performers don't look happy. You know, everybody has to look like they're having fun in films that we sell. Um, We don't sell anything that depicts anyone that's underage. Um, no, that that's okay. That's that's a kind of standard. Right. Nothing dark and sinister. Um, we um, laugh that we sell, you know, bondage light. Um, but then, but then, why is that? I mean, is that you know, you mentioned legalities. Is that a legal? That's a legal thing. Um, it's it's our internal. I mean, we it's, it's we a company choice. Standards, right? It's a company choice. I mean, you know, that implies that people who get into um, more intense bondage and and stuff are not healthy, which I can tell you in my years. No, 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 not true. But it's your it's the market that you are working with, right? Yeah, which, and so we sell restraints, but they are quick release, easy, you know, right. Happy, friendly restraints and um, paddles. And like that, but yeah, exactly. Well, the paddles are not light. I don't know <laughs> whatever makes people think that paddles are light compared to anything else. Because just virtually every company that, that sells sex toys does do like 
even if they don't do almost anything in bondage, we'll do kind of a paddle right. as, as a light thing. And I, I have to ask if anybody has ever tried them. Because, <laughs> yeah, but you know, I, there are a lot of people who are very vanilla, who haven't really branched out. And, um, you know, they've, they've tried paddles and handcuffs and, and things like that. I think well, that's not vanilla. I would argue that that's not vanilla. <laughs> I would argue that that's fudge ripple that they are adventurous there because if they're trying that, because I mean, I mean, and also in the last 10 years, of course, that's been more admitted into the mainstream. Mm -hmm. but if we were talking 10 years ago, there wouldn't have been as many people who were trying those sorts of things and talking about it. Whereas now people are, um, and but 50 no, shades. I, 50 shades brought, you know, a whole lot of interest into, uh Oh yeah. <laughs> I have, I know. I mean, 50 shades brought a whole lot of misinformation and interest. Mm -hmm. I really wish that 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 um, she would have just said, "This is like a romance. Look at this as a romance um, with BDSM in it, just like you know your bodice rippers, right? Which 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 there's tons of misinformation in in there as well because they're fanciful stories and they're exciting and they're fun and and I don't have a problem with that. I had a problem with the kind of preaching bits in there." And like the idea that the only people who are into BDSM, you know, have abuse backgrounds, which is such utter rubbish. It's unbelievable and actually causes loads of problems and that end up on my doorstep. <laughs> you know, so I was more upset about the bad writing, but. <laughs> oh, the bad writing was, uh, please. No, I, I hear you. I mean, the bad writing was something else. I had huge difficulty actually getting through the trilogy and I needed to because people were coming to me with this stuff. Right. Well, so for us, you know, I think we look at it um, like maybe it opened the eyes of some soccer moms who, yep. you know, decided to spice up their lives. So in that vein, I think it, you know, it did some good. Yeah. And, and so from, from my perspective, you know, wishing that it had been done differently, it certainly has encouraged people to consider their sexuality uh, anew right. and, right. and to be willing to be more adventurous. Um, I wish that there had been kind of more care around the ethics because that's the, you know, they play fast and loose with consent throughout. Definitely. And, you know, for anybody who really plays in that, that world, consent is the key, the key bit. So the idea that it's sort of, yeah, this is how we do it. And of course, everybody's a billionaire who. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. I've met loads of billionaires who are doing that really. You know, like not. Um, but yes, I mean, I do think that it, that has opened up a lot of pe people to exploring more. Have you guys seen sales go up since then? We have. Um, there was a, a, sp a peak. There was a, you know, a, a slight peak after um, that came out. And then, you know, they had their own line of toys as well. I know. I know. I've seen that. Mm -hmm. so but, what I think, but I think what's interesting is that you see a peak overall which I think is a good thing. So it's that, that people weren't just exploring BDSM, but they were actually going, well, wait a minute, maybe there's more that we can do. And then they were, they, they had, you know, all the, the different options at their disposal. Right. Hopefully, hopefully that's, you know, what it's from. And even after that, we've seen record years in sales. So people are still, you know, People are still very interested in everything sexual. Which is great. Um, what do you think, do you 
see a lot of people who are using sex toys in preference to a partner. What do you mean in preference? Instead of. Oh, um, like they're choosing toys over being out there and meeting people and engaging in sexual activity. I think that would be a good survey for us to do and ask our customers um, because it's really hard to tell in a lot of cases. I think a lot of couples buy toys together. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, like you, you talked about, there are a lot of toys now that are being made for couples to use together. Um, we see, you know, sales peak around um, Halloween and big sales continue for us until or through um, Valentine's Day. Right. So I don't know. That would be an interesting question to ask. I would also be really interested to know um, about people with disability and toy use. Mm -hmm. That's another good one. Um, and whether or not there are things that could, that could be created that would help even more. Like I know I had um, Crystal Bougon of Curvy Girl on. We were talking about big girls and sex toys as well as it was part of that. And um, she was saying, so womanizer does one of the womanizer, womanizer ones is, I think I can speak English. Um, one of the womanizer ones has an extra long handle. And I don't remember which number it was, but I've seen it. And it's got like a six inch handle. And so if you're, you're very large, it's really accommodating. Yeah. I it's an easy that. toy to use. Whereas mm -hmm. a lot of toys are, are not made for a larger woman and, and people go, kind of, does it make a difference? Yes, it does. You've got to get to the bits in order to, to stimulate them. And that can be more difficult if there's more flesh. So it would be really interesting to know about other, dis other mm -hmm. issues like disability yeah. and whether or not there's anything targeted. I know that, you know, we sell a number, a number of um, pillows um, that people can use um, for different reasons, but disabilities or, or back issues or whatever is one. Um, the other thing we've sold, um, toys in the past for, we recommend for people with carpal tunnel or arthritis. So I think the industry is moving, um, has a little bit more awareness now. Really? So carpal tunnel, carpal tunnel friendly toys. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, well, and how many of us don't have problems with that periodically with the amount of time we spend on devices and and what have you. So that's probably a good thing. Well, and as our, you know, culture ages, um, hmm. I think we'll probably see more and more of these. Yeah. I mean, I'm interested to see how things develop as the baby boomers get older because things, be and, and also as people become more aware that sex doesn't stop just because you hit your fifties or your sixties. Exactly. But there's a lot of um, stuff around menopause now. I, I work um, with a woman called Marion Stewart who does a lot of um, work on moving naturally through the menopause um, and um, places an emphasis on, on bringing back libido and things that help people to continue to have a healthy sex life. And um, we do some stuff in conjunction with each other and, and it's, more and more attention is being put on this subject. So because people are realizing that it doesn't need to be the end of their sex life, which is the attitude that many people take. Oh, nobody talked about it just a few yeah. years ago. Yeah, it was. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, I remember the advice I had heading into menopause um, and it wasn't about sex. 
And that's, you know, I mean, I hit menopause, what, four years ago? I wasn't receiving advice about what would happen in terms of sex and what I could do if there were issues. I had been seeing clients for years um, who fell into this group. So I knew of some of the issues that were presenting because of the people I was seeing, not because somebody actually talked with me about it when I spoke to my doctor about the kind of wide range of things or the reading that I was doing. You know, I mean, the big one is um, pain that isn't as a result of vaginal dryness because there are other reasons for pain, um, including some atrophy that can happen along with um, estrogen dipping. Mm -hmm. And that's something that people don't talk about until they experience it. And then it's like, oh, my God, how did nobody tell me about this? Right. So that seems to be changing. And I've seen that there are some lubes on the market that are aimed specifically for menopausal or perimenopausal women. So yes. I think we might be seeing more products aimed toward, toward that group as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it will be interesting to see the way in which that's incorporated. I've already noticed like things like, um, we also didn't used to talk about um, bladder leaking at all. And now every advertisement on the television is for, you know, bladder relief pads instead of period stuff. You know, I think there's probably about half as many period adverts as there are for various bladder relief underwear and, you know, bladder leakage. I mean, and it's, it was quite a shock to me to see the transfer, which has to do with having an aging population. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and celebrity endorsements as well for, for the, the bladder control, which surprised me because I thought everyone would be hands off. Oh no, you know, it doesn't happen to me. So I think we're moving in the right direction. Most definitely. It's fascinating stuff. Um, what would you recommend for somebody just starting to explore toys? Um, for women, I think I would recommend um, a small bullet vibe or a little pocket rocket. Um, you know, there are so many things on the market now that are hundreds of dollars. And that's, that's pretty much, that's a pretty big investment for a lot of people. Um, and if you could, you know, try something small, something, if you don't love it, get rid of it. Um, but for so many people that, that works. And then from there, you can try something with more bells and whistles, figure out if you, um, prefer external to internal stimulation or both at the same time, or, you know, that, that's what I would say. And for a guy, um, for a guy, I think there are a number of different, um, masturbators, um, all different price points. Um, and all different textures and bells and whistles too. Um, and then for couples, there are couples rings um, that, you know, stimulate both. Um, yeah. And lube, lots of lube. Lots of lube. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I would always tell people that it's really funny because I have people say things like, Oh, well, but I lubricate fine. I don't need lube. It's like, you can never have too much lube. Right. You just right. never have too much lube and use the right lube for the toy. Definitely. Make sure that you check. You don't want to be putting silicone lube with silicone toys. It's not a good match at all. Have you ever seen one dissolve? Yes, Yes, I've seen one melt. And you ruin your very expensive toy by doing that. So you don't want to do that. Right. Stuff like WeVibe does a lot of couple stuff, Mm -hmm. which is quite fun. And then um, Mystery does the crescendo. Do you know the one that bends to the body? Have you seen this vibrator? I have seen it not, I've seen pictures. I haven't seen it in real life. It's cool. 
Um, and I, I got one to try and it's really interesting. It does some interesting things. I like the fact that you can bend it in such a, it's much easier to hit, find hit and hit exactly that right spot, but you can also position it between you so you can have one bit and you can make it like a clitoral stimulator, like the, um, like some of the smaller, um, internal, external ones. Okay. Those are mostly smaller. I'm not a small girl. I'm not a very big girl, but I'm not a small girl. So the smaller ones don't actually get internally for me at all. If, if it's sitting on my clitoris, it's not the internal bit is just sort of sitting at the edge and it's not doing anything. Whereas the, the crescendo, you can sort of position it between you and bend it a little more so that you can actually get a bit more penetration. Um, so that's kind of interest. It's kind of an interesting one. I just found it fascinating that that they decided to do something that that you can make a wave shape out of. You know, yeah, I haven't seen it in action, or I haven't. You know, I've only seen pictures. So that's that's interesting. I'll have to check that out. It is an interesting one. I mean, it, it it's only there's only so much bend though, and you can't go certain directions. And it stays in place. <laughs> depends on how much movement. You know, I don't think there's very little that actually stays in place. Except um, Dame Products, Eva, stays in place. Okay. Because, but that's a clitoral stimulator, but you, because it's got arms and you put the arms under the vulva and it sits on top. So that'll stay in place. Um, they did a, the second version, the first version had some issues and for some women, so they improved it in the second version. So that's quite a cool one. And they're an interesting company. Um, they do a couple of things incredibly well. Um, and it's run by two women. Um, and it, it's just, a, it's, they have some, both their products I really like a lot. But those are fun. Yeah. Um, but then I think one of the things that people ask me about is price point. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that, that needs to be talked about in terms of, there are a lot of very expensive items. Um, as technology gets better, things become more expensive. Right. And we've got so many products that are USB chargeable and, um, you know, Bluetooth capable. And I, I do recommend those starting out with something small, figuring out what you like and what you respond to. And then you can always upgrade from there. And there are sales that happen. There are sales, and we have something very special for your listeners right now. They can order um, um, pretty much any one item from Adam and Eve and get 50% off if they use code SPOKEN at checkout. So that's pretty incredible, guys. I mean, that's an amazing discount, and we thank you so much. Um, and that means if you want to invest in something a little more expensive that you wouldn't normally have invested in, but you can manage the price with 50% off, you should go ahead and do it. The catalog, oh, I remember Adam and Eve in a catalog form. You know, we still manufacture catalogs and send them out to some customers who prefer to receive um, their information that way. So, oh my God, I love it. Yeah. I, rem I mean, I'm because I remember Adam and Eve catalogs from the 80s. So, you know, I mean, for, for me, I lived in North Carolina um, in 84. What part of North Carolina? You know, that's where we're based. I know. I was in Carbora, right outside. Yeah. Okay. Right by the headquarters. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that's how I first became familiar with Adam and Eve because I was there. I was only there for a year. 
Um, but I was 21 when I got there. And so all of this was terribly interesting. You know, I remember, I remember going, hmm. And I remember looking through the catalog and finding it really fascinating. But scary. Yeah. But scary at the time, you know. Um, well, you know, I was still stuck on that hard vibrator experience. My God. Yeah. I remember people saying, no, don't know. Some of these are really great. And I'm like, yeah, no, I don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> I like flesh. I don't want to, you know, which is unfortunate because, you know, I, I lost a lot of years that I could have been experimenting because I found I, I just, and I know there are loads of women like me who were put off toys for many years. But you made up for it. I did. Well, I did. And now that I do what I do, you know, I do kind of feel obliged to have a selection of toys, to try a selection of toys, to be able to recommend things for clients who are having difficulties. Definitely. You know, so to be able to... Oh, I was just going to say, I think it's, you know, I think it's so important that people talk about these things. I think for so long, um, everything was kept hidden and, um, you know, it, it, the toys bring so much joy to so many people. I always tell people we still get letters from women in their 40s, 50s, 60s that are telling us how we changed their lives, that they'd only heard about, you know, what sex was supposed to do. And um, with the, the adding a toy, you know, really, they were like, you know, and if that's what it takes, then. And I think that's so important though, if there are a lot of people, a lot of women who have had trouble with orgasm, whose first proper experience of orgasm has been with the help of a toy and they otherwise may not have gotten there. And so that's an amazing and really important thing, particularly because we still, we know that only 28% of women reach orgasm with penetration and 32% of women don't orgasm at all. So when you start adding these figures up, it doesn't look very good. Right. So, so there's a whole host of women whose main channel for orgasm is clitoral stimulation. And if they're not comfortable doing it themselves, or if they're not familiar because you know, Nobody shares with you the different ways that you can go about this. Sex education doesn't include how do we give ourselves pleasure at this point, which I still find um, obscene. And I choose that word deliberately, that we actually don't talk about pleasure in sex education still at all, that it's all about procreation and disease prevention and nothing about abstinence here. (laughs) I know. Well, you know, they tried that here. It didn't go very well. You know, but yeah, and and, and abstinence, mm-hmm. and we don't give any information about pleasure so much so that um, I don't know if you knew Peggy Ornstein's re- Ornstein's research um, on young women. One of uh, one of the questions that she asked these young women she was interviewing was about um, what they got out of sex and their their involvement in sex and what they thought about. They were worried about what they looked like during the act, and if they were managing to please their partner. And not, their own pleasure didn't even get a look in. Right. And I mean, how sad is that? How, how sad is that in this day and age that that's where we are? It's terribly depressing. So, you know, there are quite a number of women who haven't experienced orgasm until they have discovered the right sex toy. Mm-hmm. 
so that they could figure out the best way to stimulate themselves. So, you know, it, it's something that we ought to be talking about regularly. It ought to be part of sex education. I agree. And I can't believe that it still isn't. It's still considered a bit dirty and hush-hush and, you know. Yeah, people. I've got two teenage daughters, so we're, we're dealing with that right now. Yeah. I have a teenage son. My teenage son ed, um, edits my podcasts. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, he started, um, he's uh, going to be 16, and he started doing that a couple years ago. Um, initially, the editing that was needed was just the jingle on the front and the jingle on the end. So he said, well, I can do that, but I don't want to hear any of the middle. I said, you don't need <laughs> And when I would make a little error, he could see it in the, um, uh, the audio track, and he could actually get rid of the error without listening and he was really good at it. So he didn't listen at first, but he does sometimes now. Okay. Um, and he talks, he'll tell me he listened. When he asks questions, he takes them to other people, <laughs> trusted people, not his mom, because, you know, it's his mom. And I totally understand that. But at least I know he's getting good information. That's great. And exposure, which I think is tremendously important. And, and I find, I, I do, I find it, I find it amazing that, um, kids know more about weapons than they do about sex. Not as much here, but in the U S for right. sure. Yeah. I mean, what does that say about us that we're worried about pornography and the, um, you know, the, 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 um, what was it? It's an epidemic, right? The epidemic of pornography, but not worried about, um, firearms and the epidemic of school deaths. It's just something screwed up about that. Yeah. Well, I think we can all agree that we're in a very strange place right now. So. Oh, yeah, that's true. Well, yeah. yeah, but it was before that. I mean, it was still like that. It was still like that, you know, it was still like that um, before the current administration came to, to power. It's just more, a little bit more so. Um, and, and I, you know, and I don't know if it'll be dealt with. I hope it will. Um, I don't hold out a lot of hope if it isn't dealt with for, for our future as human beings, but, um, but I'm usually a fairly optimistic person. So I choose to think that um, people will come to their senses. Well, I'm glad to see that so many young people are, you know, trying to make a change too. I think people yeah. are stepping up right now. So, yeah, no, it's great to see young people engaged. Um, and I'd like to just see the sea change. So where we should focus on things like, um, consent and sex and relationships and the beauty of them yes. rather than focusing on some of the other stuff that we tend to focus on. Well, I mean, we, we know that negative reinforcement doesn't work, right? Mm -hmm. That's <laughs> true. So we may as well do some positive reinforcement. Exactly. With Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee, please write to me with suggestions for the show or any questions you want answered at Dr. Bisbee at the-intimacy-coach.com. That's D-R-B-I-S-B-E-Y. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and do check out my YouTube channel. For a free 30-minute strategy session with me, go to HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash the-intimacy-coach.com and click on the button that says click here on the contact page. Please leave me a review on iTunes or Stitcher if you enjoy the show. Don't forget to use this wonderful discount um, discount code on Adam and Eve. So I've put the links on the podcast notes, but if you're listening, it's https colon forward slash forward slash www 
www.adameve.com. And the discount code is spoken for 50% off one item. Um, they are Adam and Eve on Twitter and also Adam and Eve on Facebook. Thanks again for listening. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to Sex Spoken Here with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review here on iTunes or on Stitcher. And make sure you head over to www.the-intimacy-coach.com to subscribe for free newsletter updates to help you create and sustain an exciting trouble-free sexual life. Stay tuned for upcoming weekly episodes on all topics, sexy, sensual, and intimate. Thanks for listening.